You're listening to the Battle Ready Podcast. You can find more information about Battle Ready and Addison Free Will Baptist Church on our website, addisonfwbchurch.org forward slash Battle Ready Bible Study. Battle Ready Podcast, believing what it says. Thank you for joining us for Battle Ready. Merry Christmas to everybody that's watching. Merry Christmas to our church. We have a lot of people right now out sick, um, and we're sending up prayers for them. It's a hard time of the year for a lot of people just in general, but it's also hard when you're sick and you're not feeling well. We are in Matthew chapter 2. We left, we finished Chronicles. We are now looking at the real king, which is what Matthew kind of teaches. So how do you want to lead in today? Well, I was thinking about that on the way over here, and I thought about just the other week. Now, this is not one of those Twilight Zone moments, but there was a couple weeks ago that you and I both started thinking about somebody that went to this church that we hadn't been thinking about for probably 35 years. I hadn't even heard the name. Right? And I and I had just started, I had a dream, and they were in the dream. And I, and I called you and I said, isn't that the strength of you? you know, I've, and you said, I've been thinking about them too. And we've been praying. And we're not the, those people We're not those people that are yeah. like, oh, that's like what we did. You know what I mean? Nothing like that. Mm-hmm. But we, we said, we need to pray for those people. We haven't thought about them in years and years and years. Let's pray. And pray for those people. And I thought there's, there's different times when I was little that I, you dream and remember a dream. And do you remember what you would always tell me? Because I used to have a friend, you'd always say, like, if your dreams are scary, if you, if you have a problem with the dream, what did you say? Say Jesus. If you can if you can get to Jesus, you'll be fine. If you can say Jesus, if you can, that, that brings you out of those dreams. Why am I bringing this up? Because this is a chapter full of dreams. This is a, a chapter, chapter one in Matthew and chapter two in Matthew refer to the dreams that God has given to Joseph that keep his plan in line and in order, the way he guides him through those dreams. I think that Matthew does that on purpose because Matthew being the person who's saying that this is the king of kings, this is someone different that we're dealing with here than any other ruler we've ever had. I think everything he says is true, but I think that he brings that out because Joseph in his dreams, right? Mm -hmm. Right? And and that, that whole start of this nation, in the fact that that from Abraham so and Joseph rescues so the nation. Maybe maybe you're saying the same thing. I was thinking I'm going to say it a little bit different. Matthew, as you go through what Matthew writes down, he directs them back to what they know constantly to the Old Testament and what they and what he finds know. significant, as opposed to the other three Gospels, is the fact that Jesus Christ is the promised Messiah mm-hmm. and the King. And there's so many things he brings out. There are details he brings out. That are important to Matthew because... And if you don't be careful, you'll skip right over those little things. But he's he's not explaining himself in a way like we might do today. He is expecting that they already know. When he says, uh, Jesus born in Bethlehem of Judea, he expects them to already know we that the scripture says that's where he's going to be born. He, he doesn't say, remember, that's where he's supposed to be born. He just says... Those things, and and I went through that today, and that's what took me by surprise just in this second chapter. And of course, the notes I took are at home on my table, but how many times he references something they should know. We took a class, a college class this year, my homeschool at my house, 15 year olds, and then, and we took a class in A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. Mm -hmm. Okay, and what what was interesting to me, one of the things that was interesting to me was the professor kept saying, when Charles Dickens says this, everyone in his audience knew how to finish the verse. Everybody in the audience knew where that was in the Bible, where that was in the scripture. But he said when they watch it today, nobody knows what he's talking about or what he's referring to. So, so to understand what he's really trying to get across, you have to go back and read the original. Right, and that's the same issue we have with Matt. I agree. This week too, though, and and I and I want to talk about this because I think there's a lot of people that are like, "Oh, I had a dream, and I had a dream, and I have to do this." I don't trust all those things. I I, I don't. I can't judge whether somebody else has had a dream from the Lord or not. That's between them and the Lord. But there's a lot of those things I don't put a lot of confidence in. But I have had dreams about people that I know, mm-hmm. 
And when I wake up from those dreams, I feel compelled to pray. And I, and God has done amazing things sometimes, not because of me or anything that I prayed, but he made me a part of what he was doing. Like he's connected me to another person, right? Mm-hmm. And those things that he's given, I think when somebody comes to your mind like that, or so, I do think God can, why do I think that? Because it's in his word. God can speak to you through those things mm-hmm. and say, this is what I need you to understand and pray. That happened to me this week. I think it happened getting ready for this lesson. Somebody came to my mind. It was like, I immediately started praying for their salvation. It was somebody that used to be in our church. And I thought, you know what? There's a reason that I'm, that God is putting that on my mind and my heart and my dream. Have you ever noticed that sometimes, not just a dream, but an event, something will happen mm-hmm. that you'll have to work your way through, because I think we do work our way through things every day, and then when we get to our lesson, there it is. Now explain that. And because I think, you just lived that, so explain that. I think God, I do too. You, if we're mm-hmm. on, if we're paying attention, He looks. He 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 allows us to see things if we're looking. In Matthew, though, we've talked before about Matthew writing about the King. He's writing about Jesus the King. What I think is interesting and I think gets lost is he doesn't spend all his time explaining what he's saying now. He's writing this because he thinks that the people reading it know. That's true. So I I also would just say that it's easy to miss how wonderful it is Mm -hmm. that Joseph listened to the leading of God in these dreams because as a New Testament Christian with the Holy Spirit, if something like if something was spoken to me by the Lord, I would say to you, I feel like the Holy Spirit is dealing with me about this, right? And I would know, I would think that was a, a normal thing. Not normal, it's extraordinary. But I would say, the Holy Spirit's been dealing with me about this, and this is something I feel like I need to do. And then I would, if it lines up with Scripture, I'm going to do that. Well, Joseph doesn't live in a time when the Holy Spirit is like that, and operating like that. So when, when if, we, if we miss that, we miss how wonderful it is that this man of God that he chose to be the adopted father of Jesus Christ, right? Mm-hmm. This man is sensitive to the leading of God, and maybe that's why he's chosen. Mm-hmm. When, when the, In the first chapter, when Mary is found with a child, God gives him a dream and says, Listen to me, Joseph. This is okay. This is what's happening. This is things of God. She's not done anything wrong. And Joseph doesn't wake up from that and go, I'm skeptical about that. I'm not going to trust any of that. I'm going to go with what I can see and what I know. He listens to the leading of God. And that means, which is kind of beautiful, considering it, it, this is before the Holy Spirit comes in the day of Pentecost. But I, I, there's something that happened um, last mm-hmm. week after our Christmas program. I was having a conversation with someone who was kind of touched by the program. It made an impression. It mm-hmm. affected their thought. And they said something about um, how you react to things like that. And I said, you know what? And help me because I'm trying to say something. Maybe I won't say it exactly the right way. But I think sometimes as human beings, we don't want to look stupid. And we don't want to do dumb. And we get direction and then we say um, that don't make sense you know God wouldn't let me do that because that doesn't and I told her I am just stupid enough I don't want to be stupid when it comes to things of the world or things of the Lord but I am stupid enough that if I recognize it's the Holy Spirit talking I don't care what I do I don't I don't start second guessing that I don't I can't I can't stop even if it might look very sick. What I'm doing doesn't make sense even to me. Or to someone else I'm going to explain it to if I have to. It doesn't matter. If I feel like that was God, that's what I have to do. I'm required to do that. I wonder in Joseph, I wish I wish in some of the accounts they had let him say more. <laughs> you know, I, I know we have what we need. We don't need him to say more. But this is an interesting person when I think of Joseph. And like you, I wonder, what was he? Was he, what did he, I mean. He was listening. And that's he was all, looking that's all we from know. Inside. He was right? looking for that consolation. How and he because when he Mary. knows it, it's not the first time he's thought about it. Mm-hmm. He, he responds in a way that, yes, this is what we're expecting. Mm-hmm. This is what we're expecting from God, even though it's uniquely miraculous, one t- once in a universe 
event. Mm-hmm. Joseph is not, I'm not saying he doesn't marvel at it. He trusts that God is doing this thing. Mm-hmm. And no matter what somebody, somebody else is going to say about it later. I want to say one more thing that I want to start reading so I don't lose everybody in our audience with, with my flights of maybe off the topic subject. But, but here's something that happened to me yesterday and it makes me think of Matthew chapter 2. So I'm at the mall with my kids and we're doing last minute things, believe it or not, even yesterday. And we were just busy, busy, busy. And there's crowds of people. And I get in the car and, you know, I'm, everything's fine. It's not a bad day, but just, just anxious. And Olivia puts on, not like I'm dreaming of a white Christmas or I'll be home for her. She, she goes to a very gospel based Christmas on her Pandora, on her device. And just like these pure, old-fashioned hymns about Christ, about what it's really about, start playing. And I've been like on the run 90 miles an hour all day long. And I get in the car on the way back from Huntington, and the tears just start flowing. Mm -hmm. And you can almost feel the anxiety leak Mm -hmm. out of your body. And it's like waves of how good he is. And I'm praising him in the car. And I thought, I think the longer you walk, with Jesus. Mm-hmm. The longer that you're saved, the less you want the shiny stuff and the more you want the real stuff. The presence, the feel. The, I want the real the, communion yeah. with God. Mm-hmm. And like take all the rest. It all belongs to Him anyway. Right? right? And just let me get a hold of something real for a minute. Mm-hmm. I feel like here we are talking about a king, but we're not talking about a king that can't be touched. We're not talking about a king like Herod. We're not talking about a separate ruling entity. We're talking about a king that I can intimately know and, and a king and a God that is leading Joseph like, do this, take this next step. Bring this back here. Mm-hmm. Follow me here. Trust me that it'll be okay if you do this. Mm-hmm. And a God that is so involved right, with the ones he's chosen to do this work, that they're just listening and trusting. They're following what he has to say. And it's I'm, real. And I want to add to what you said just a little bit because I've had some conversations today with a, a couple of people, um, and I won't mention their names, but the season itself, mm-hmm. Christmas itself, there are so many expectations we put on ourselves. Mm-hmm. We have to do this, and we've got to get that, and we didn't do this enough, and we should do a little bit more. And did we get it? Is someone going to be offended? And did we get our time? Did we, and the truth is, we all sometimes stand on the lip of that pit mm-hmm. that will pull us, that'll take us where we don't need to go there because then it's stressful and anxiety and mm-hmm. self doubt and no worth and unfulfilled and all the terrible things at that pit. And I like, I don't know, I don't know how else to refer to it, but sometimes we all have, we all have a pit that we can get ourselves in if we don't be careful. And the only way I know to ever get out of that pit, and maybe this is just me, but it's what you did. You start to praise. Find the real you stuff. stop thinking about yourself. You stop thinking about the stuff that, you know, it does matter. People expect things. I it get really that. But, but the real relationship <laughs> is between the realness, between you and Christ and that relationship. And when you start to praise, you pull yourself up little by little until that pit isn't even there now. It's over here somewhere and it'll be back. It always comes back. You, our, our lives are like that. But the way to get out of that pit and out of that sad and out of that horrible stuff that just makes everything miserable and takes away your joy is to praise Him. I so, and I think that's a good example of that. Just That's just what you do. Yeah. I, I, I'm hungry for the real things of Christ. Mm-hmm. I'm hungry for the real moments mm-hmm. and not all the pretend stuff. I agree. Right? I get, I get an appetite mm-hmm. for what's real. And, and this is a real God in Matthew chapter 2. It's and he God. is dealing with people and here come wise men. So let's start. Okay. Matthew chapter 2. <clears throat> It says, now, verse 1, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. Herod is a family name, first of all. So there's the Herod the Great. They call him, he's not great. The Herod the Great that is here when Jesus is born. And when he dies, it's split into three rulers. Archelaus is the one we're going to talk about in just a few minutes. Mm -hmm. That's right over Judea. 
If you think about Israel, if you think about the nation of Israel at that time, you can divide it into four parts. Okay, in the, in the very top part, I've got to look at my notes, is Galilee. So that's the northernmost part that Jesus goes up into in, in his ministry. Underneath that and in the middle, and, and it's kind of for Jewish people, a no man's land, is Samaria. Underneath that is Judea. That's where Jesus is born. That's where Bethlehem and Jerusalem are in Judea. And then if you go southeast, it's Idumea. And, the, and Idumea is it's Esau. That's a, that's a change of the name Esau. And the reason they're there is because when the Babylonian captivity came, they sided against Israel with the Babylonians, and they seized control of that area. That was not theirs. They should not be there. But they are there. Herod is from them. Mm -hmm. Right? So number one. Okay. So, so for, before you go any further, verse 25 of chapter 1 ends with Joseph being told, this is what's going on. Mm -hmm. He doesn't know her till her son's delivered. And he's going to call his name Jesus. And then we switch to political. Now, right? now we're like now, all the nonsense and the, the busyness and the... Mm -hmm. Yeah, the stuff that, that is going on in the world, that there's this undercurrent. I think that's why dreams are mentioned so much as well, is because God is always doing his thing right under the surface. Right. And then there's all these yes. surface distractions that are mm -hmm. happening that everybody says, how's this going to happen? How's this going to work? This isn't going to be allowed. This is going to be a problem. And all this stream of time right underneath it. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's God's plan. It's God's plan. Right? Because what he said he's going to do, he's going to do. And all the things that, that Satan has attempted and influenced to stop the plan of God yes. are in the plan of God. He, he foresaw that. that and knew that. And he puts it even down to this false so, spirit. So, so now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, and remember, Matthew's writing to people who should know, the prophecies about Bethlehem, you're not just a nobody place, my words. Out of you is going to come this person, right? That he he's he's referencing right there prophecies from one of the prophets. In the days of Herod the king, and everybody at my understanding of Herod's rule and reign is he was a knucklehead. Herod no, he's like he's he's a typical human leader. Anybody that would challenge his authority when he knows he's an illegitimate authority, he's he murdered. Even he his own family him. members, his own nephews, so everybody's own afraid of family him. members are murdered because if he knows he is not a rightful authority, mm -hmm. that he has no real authority, and he feels threatened. He is only in a position because Rome conquered Israel, because they are a conquered people. Yep. And so they as an insult raise him to power out of this conquered territory down here. Yes. And, and they put him in power knowing that it will infuriate, the humiliate mm -hmm. the Jewish people. Put him in their there. place, keep them where right. they want them. So, so the but whole thing, here come the wise men from the East. Now, yeah. when I think of the wise men from the East, one of the things that I always think about is we have it in our little brains that it's three guys on a camel. I don't know how many wise men there are. I know they gave three gifts, or at least that's what it says, I, but I don't know how many there are. But when I start thinking about the people from the East, I go back to Abraham and Keturah. There's those children went East. I can go on back to Noah. And Eber, who is the father of Abraham, had a brother, Joktan maybe? Oh, forgive me if that's not exactly right. He went East. Then you got Daniel in Babylon when he's there teaching them in the East. I I just always that always stops me because I want to know who are these people from the East and why would they become an And scripture does me? not tell us who they are for sure. No, it doesn't. But all the things that I read today, which are just things that people historically have thought and have written about this, take it with a grain of salt because it doesn't tell us who they are. But everything that I read today considers that because of what they bring and because of the way they, mm -hmm. they come in, that these people are from Babylon. Mm -hmm. and which would be a reason in a couple verses that you're going to mm -hmm. see. Not only is Herod troubled, but all oh, of Jerusalem is troubled. Mm -hmm. And the reason they're troubled is this. When Rome conquers all of its territory and it conquers Israel, it never conquered Babylon. Mm -hmm. For the Babylon, if they are Babylonians from the east coming in to find a king, 
If you are under the authority of Rome, all of a sudden, anybody that's there that is a Roman-connected person says, this is trouble. They've never been able to conquer these people. And they're seeking a king that's not only is the king, he's a messiah, a messiah that everybody believes is going to throw off. So we haven't said that. The authority yet. and all those things, but, but that's just the next couple of verses. coming from the east. And if they and are Babylonians, but they is, probably are connected to Daniel. They probably are connected to ancient prophecies about Jesus. But even if they're not that right, even no matter who they are, right? This is the to me. This is the beginning of that coming back into a multi-ethnic family, one family, right? It is, but it's also a breakup of Rome's multi-ethnic family. Because Rome's idea of conquering is, we'll come over and take over all all that we ask. You can keep all your traditions, all things you want to do, as long as you worship Caesar, Caesar, Mm -hmm. and as long as you follow our laws, our strict laws that we have, you can stay under this heading. And here comes somebody in who's an outsider saying, where is there's he? an authority that was just born that's not Roman. Verse 2, say, right? where is he that is born king of the king. Jews? Not yeah. just king, king of the Jews. Yeah. For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. And this star doesn't behave like any star I've ever star. heard of. I love this star. You know what? I think sometimes in Scripture the most wonderful thing about it is if you let yourself, you can, you can let yourself just think about what, what is this? Do and you know what? It doesn't tell us. It doesn't tell us. <laughs> it doesn't so anything I say you. about this star, yep. it, it is just what people think. But they said we we saw it in the east, mm-hmm. and we followed it. We followed it moved it. us, and apparently they lost it. Now here, wait, now wait. Because it says that when we they find, find it, it over the stable where Jesus is. That they rejoiced when they could see the So evidently, it brought them to where they were, and then they couldn't see it for a minute. And right? You so know it's an interesting. Other, do you know stars don't do other, that. Do you know of any other light that directed them where they were supposed to go? There is so much or, research oh about goodness. this, and there are so much historical ideas about this. And people will say, well, historically, it was written that there was a star explosion at this time that would have been in the sky. Or that two planets did something. Or two planets aligned during that time. That would have worked out mathematically. But they don't move where you go. No, and they don't go away and then reappear. And and it doesn't work. You know what it was? It was an eclipse. An eclipse doesn't bring you from the east Mm -hmm. over. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work like that. Mm -hmm. And then stands right over the place where the child lays. And it says... And the glory of the Lord, Luke, shone round about them. Right. Wait a minute. Stars don't do that. that. Right? So what is this star? It's something God made to guide these men in their search. You know what? There are some people who think that that is the... The Shekinah glory of God that left the temple was in Babylon. Fire by night. Hasn't been seen for a while. When they left Egypt... As a people wandering in the wilderness, the Bible says that there was a fire in the sky by night that led them at night. There was a cloud in the day that led them, which is the same thing you're talking about. The king but we haven't seen it since it left Babylon. We haven't seen it. And since then, it left where? Babylon. Babylon. Mm-hmm. The east. The east. We haven't seen it. And now it's God sends his back yep. to where he is. Right? Mm-hmm. So, so, I don't know. It's and, nice, and again, to me, it's nice to have that Christmas story, the angels, the star, the stuff. But when There's you really think about what on. that could be, no, I don't know. Don't it, say. You know what it is? It's God's it's guiding them back to where it is. That's where it, that's we all know it. that. Yeah, that's true. But I do believe but it could God's be because <laughs> the glory of the Lord shine. What's the difference between just a light yeah. and the glory of the Lord shine around? Yeah, all those shepherds. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Not only that. One of the things Herod's known for... Sorry, I wish I didn't talk with my hands so much. But okay. I'm sorry. I do too. One of those things Herod's known for, he's a horrible person. He is. And he's a murderous person. person. But one of the things he's known for is how well he improved, quote unquote, the temple. Yeah. So they call it Herod's temple, right? Because Herod put all this money into expanding it and making it grand and making it something... You remember, if you guys that are read the Bible... You remember that when Jesus comes to die on the cross, when he comes into Jerusalem, the disciples are like, let us show you the temple. Isn't this wonderful? Mm -hmm. And Jesus weeps. Mm -hmm. 
right? At the temple. He does not have the reaction they expect him to have at the temple. That's the place where he curses the fig tree because he should find fruit here and there's no fruit. It it's all goes together, okay? The beginning and the end is all the same story. It, when yep. the temple has been improved, quote unquote, by Herod, it's larger, it's grander. They're proud of their temple. It's not a small place like it would have been. Kind of like, listen, it was it's kind of like it was rich and beautiful and decorated and perfect when Solomon made it, and also when it was a tabernacle. But now that wasn't impressive, maybe to your neighbors who have big grand. So now under Herod's time, we. We've made it more acceptable to the world, right? But notice that that light, that star, it doesn't come to the temple. It doesn't go to the temple. Because that, what's happening in the temple since Malachi, Malachi says, the last book of the Old Testament says, your offerings are making me sick. Yep, don't believe me. You, you are going through a form and a fraction, and you have no connection to me whatsoever. I say, if you'll turn around and come to me, I'll come to you. Right? I'll come to you. If you'll turn to me, he says, I'll turn to you. That was Malachi. We just talked about that a month ago. He goes right on past the temple, because that's not what's happening there. And goes to where Christ is. The temple. He is the temple. He is what the temple's all about. And it comes right down, mm -hmm. right? Yes. And Jesus weeps because that temple that Herod built gives people the idea that if they go there, they're safe, and it's going to be destroyed. Not one stone laid upon another. Going to do no one any good. That has nothing to do and with their relationship the point, with God. They right? missed the whole thing. They missed the whole point. But it says, "Where is he? Yeah. For we have seen his star in the east, and are come to worship him." And I just again, just for the sake of today, I have. Um, heard from many different people that word star doesn't necessarily mean star it means brightness light yeah, brightness yeah. Um, then verse 3 when Herod the king had heard these things here the, here's the part that I think Matthew doesn't say but you should know they knew they the people he's writing to the people understood this it says when Herod the king had heard these things he was troubled and like you said earlier, all Jerusalem with him. Because if we start saying that there's a king here of the Jews, Rome's coming to crush that immediately. Mm -hmm. All yeah. the power of Rome is going to say, because they've already had several skirmishes of uprisings and now, people saying, we don't want Rome over us and terrorism. There, now, there, there are groups now, that are trying to fight too. against this, this rule of Rome. And we're, we're going to say there's a king here but just of the Jews. But remember something else. Right? Uh, I get that. I agree with every bit of that. But on another level of that, where's the king supposed to come from? Right. He's supposed to come from the line of David. Yeah. He's not supposed to come from the line of Esau. Right. Esau. So right here, he's already. Oh no. You know, there's a. But there's, they're troubled because there's somebody. Things. Don't say that too loud. Mm -hmm. Right. Don't say that too loud. People are not going to like. Hey, how about it work? Don't talk about being a Christian too loud. People are not going to like that. People are not going to like the fact that you say that you go to church all the time and this is right and this is wrong and this is what yeah, you say. Don't want to hear. So you need to be quiet about that. You're going to cause a whole bunch of trouble that you don't need to cause. You can feel the people in Jerusalem want a king. Because, Wait a minute. Because here goes Herod. He's already right? killed his family and other things. So I, I think that to me, Herod is a monster. But I think the fear is from Rome. I think the fear is. Because Herod's a, he's a, Rome controls Herod. They can do with Herod whatever they he's want. He's nothing. He really but is. when you say there's a king of the Jews coming, what if the Romans hear this? That are posted and, all around and, him. And you're so far right? on, right? Don't forget. I mean, I'm not saying I, I know anything. I'm just Don't talking about all these things you should consider. Right. But just remember, it's been 400 years since we've had any kind of conversation from God. We've had any spirit that is recorded. That's recorded. Right. We, right. we don't know what he's done that's not recorded. So it's been 400 years. America is how old and how far have we fallen from so God? So we're saying in 1620. Yeah. <laughs> about, 400 years. about 400 years. How far are we gone from, I mean, I know people. I know people, and I'm, I am ashamed to say this, but I know people who... I can say something, I can say a Bible verse, and they don't have any idea that I've said that because they don't have any idea what the Bible says, right. what God has said and what God has done. So just think about where they are. Yes, I agree. I think they're troubled at Rome, but I also think Matthew expects these people to know, hey, we said Bethlehem. 
and we said all this stuff about everybody uh, in Jerusalem that's and read Daniel, Daniel knows this. They know this is coming. Yeah. There's got to be some because look, they all follow John the Baptist because yeah. they said, hey, this is the time it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And the prophecies are so precise that, it, that if you were reading it and you did know it, you would think, where's he's coming? He's got to be. He's coming right yeah. here. You don't know the day, but you know he's coming. This is the time we expect him. So there's both. There's spiritual ignorance on Herod's part. And there's, there's there, but his counselors know because he goes to them in the next couple of verses sure. and says, hey, What's this all about? Verse four four goes right there. That's the first thing he does. (laughs) And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, the chief priests and the scribes, and what's their job? Their job is to know all this stuff. He demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they start looking in Malachi. And they start start looking in the book of Micah and say, hey, you know what? He's going to be born in the same city David was born in. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. And then they quote him. And they quote Micah right there. Mm-hmm. And they say, Huh, we knew that, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think when Matthew so they know. this, Matthew is right. saying they did know what was going on. Some did. Some understood. Some don't. But it, Herod doesn't. Herod isn't. This is a place where we. <laughs> but they know. But it, don't we do this? And I'm, I'm going to bring this over here to a whole other yeah. level. But isn't that what we do? We know what God said. But I don't want to look stupid. I, I don't want to look like I know something nobody else knows. You know, no. He no, told you these things for a reason. We are looking for Jesus to come back. Might sound stupid to a lot of people, but that's what he said he would do. So why do we dance around that? Like, well, maybe he will, or maybe he won't. Or, you know, it could be wrong. It could be. No, he said that. The prophet said it. The wise men are looking for it. The dates are right. We see the story. The shepherds know, the shepherds knew what were going on. Mary knows what's going on. Elizabeth knows, knows what's, what's going, going on. on. Elizabeth knows what's going on. So, right? So, I don't know. It's just to me that's that's a perfect example of what do you do? Wrongs to follow John. No, what's what do you do with what you know mm-hmm. matters. All right, so the chief priests and the scribes they say unto him in verse five, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor. Governor with a capital G. Governor. Ruler. Remember the, that word. Remember the Isaiah? Mm-hmm. Uh, the government shall, shall be, be upon his shoulders. shoulders. They know they should. When Matthew's writing this, I think there's words here that he is taking them back to it's, what they should know. There's something said about when Jesus rises from the grave and he's seen all around Jerusalem. Uh, there's this part where later on Paul is in front of the king. I think it's Felix. He says, this was not done in the corner. No. This was this, done openly. This wasn't done in a corner either. Bethlehem is not done in a corner. People, people who are waiting and know recognize what God is doing. Mm-hmm. Right? I agree. And we should be that way today. We should stop dancing around and hoping that we're wrong. But here's the thing. They're, not. they're troubled. They are. No, and it says, I, wonder, I wonder how many Christian people right now are question. troubled at the thought that the Lord could return. Mm-hmm. Are troubled because it's going to mess up what they've got planned. Mm-hmm. Are troubled because what if he catches me in this state mm-hmm. and I'm not where I'm supposed to be. These people recognize that this is what should be. But it doesn't say they rejoiced. Mm-hmm. It says they're yeah, troubled. They're troubled. Yes. And I think they're troubled because of it do they what's that gonna mean for our for our safety and our protection from Rome? What's that gonna mean? For my children. For, for, for my, my children and my marriage. What does that mean for the family that I have that won't even talk about God? Herod is not the only one troubled. It says an all with him. Right. Then here, verse seven, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently diligently what time the star appeared and he sent them to Bethlehem and said go search diligently for the young child and when you have found him bring me word again that I may come and worship him also do you do you find it interesting that that's two verses in a row with the word diligently mm-hmm. we're not just searching the scriptures Herod is like I need to know the details mm-hmm. Right? I need you to deeply look into this issue and tell me everything you know. 
And then he said, "Because I'm not, we, not only did, did you find what I need to know out of Scripture, the time that he's going to be born, all these details. Also, I want you to diligently seek it. Like you take this very seriously. It's interesting how the world that is lost yeah. will take the word of God very seriously." If they can figure out a way to use it to their benefit. And watch this. If they can use it for what they think what is What authority does Herod have over the wise men of the East? He does, he, he's not seeking it diligently to know God. No. He's seeking it diligently to stop the plan of God. And he doesn't to be have able authority to keep to it from happening. Do anything. They're not no, they're history. not ruled by Rome or Israel. No. They were not conquered people. But he is assuming. They are strangers but leaders in his land that are unconquered. But but the but the thing I'm saying is that that word diligently, what you can be a serious student of the Bible, seeking ways to see your own agenda in it, mm -hmm. or you can diligently read the Word of God to know God Himself. Mm -hmm. Both look the same. Mm -hmm. I agree. Right? But he's going to say, he's going to tell them he's going to worship. All he seeks to do is to stop what God's got planned. Mm -hmm. How can I get around it? Because mm -hmm. right? I need to, I'm mm -hmm. not of the line of David, and yeah. Rome isn't going to like this. Right. And all, and I'm, that's how he handles I'm everything. And that's how he handles everything. Anybody else, else that he even imagined yeah. would threaten his throne, he killed He kills them. Right? Yeah. That's what he's doing. Mm -hmm. And when they saw the star, verse 10, uh, wait, 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 go back to verse 9. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. People a lot of times make the point that anytime you have an encounter with Jesus, you cannot leave the same way. It's cute. Mm -hmm. I agree. <laughs> but I'm just, they, they are, they are, what was it about him? I mean, this time he's in a house. He's not in a manger anymore. Mm -hmm. And he's a young he's child. Christmas, he's he's a, a young child and not a baby when they get there. Which is interesting. Because we kind of lump it all together, mm -hmm. and that's on okay, one but that's, that's, not the, that's not what Scripture says. Gold, you'd get a king. Frankincense and myrrh are very expensive. They still are. Mm -hmm. Frankincense is, I, just, I've had personal use of it, is very, very healing. Mm -hmm. Right? It's, it's, you, it's what you give when someone has been mortally wounded. Someone has been hurt. Frankincense is a healing. So what I think of when I think of frankincense... This frankincense is used in the temple. It is. It is. It's that sweet smelling something. And it was also said in the temple, the way they mixed up their potion of that frankincense, you weren't supposed That's to true. use anything. It was not supposed That's to be true. used for anything but what we did in the temple. Now, and we do have, we have frankincense. We don't, I don't have that formula that they have, but there are Jews in Israel who have that formula. And no, this is what you put together for this particular service in the temple. But here you got the king, and you've got the temple, and now you've got his death. You've got the fact that they here. brought the frankincense and myrrh, though, mm -hmm. tells me, and if you, if I've got a note in my Bible that says, go read Isaiah 60, yeah, verse that's 6. Where I'm going. But, but what it tells me is that they knew that this king that they were visiting was here on purpose. Mm -hmm. Because they give him what you wrap the body in, mm -hmm. what you preserve the body in. That's, that's one of the gifts. These are extremely expensive gifts. They're gifts of honor for a king, but they do have purposes. Mm -hmm. And it tells me that this baby that they're visiting, that they're worshiping, they have an idea that he's not just going to have an easy life and, mm -hmm. and be a king here, but that there's something about a mission for this king. Do you realize Simeon mentioned mm -hmm. his death? Yes. He was going to do this. Not only did Simeon and know he was coming, mm -hmm. he knew he would die and that Mary would suffer. And now here comes right. these wise men who've been studying Daniel and they understand and he's going to die. He's coming on a mission. And it's like, how did they not see it? Because they're not looking for that. Yeah. 
right? That, no, the prophets said that. Prophets they did. Way back here said they're gonna they're gonna and Mary, it makes sense because why would we send us a king and the and the way he wins the war is to die? But somebody knew. Somebody knew. Somebody they knew. Know. And they knew what they knew what they were looking for. And then when he he's warned, Joseph is warned, and here's the next part of it. We've had a dream to warn him to know that this child was God's son and married, that there was no sinful way it was conceived. And then verse 13, the Lord comes to him again and says, You need to get up and go. Mm-hmm. You need to get up and go. He's from Nazareth. He, they're still in Bethlehem, mm-hmm. right? But he tells him, to go to Egypt, right? Mm-hmm. And Joseph, in a dream, doesn't get up and shake that off and go, that, ah, you know, bad cheese. He gets up and goes to Egypt. How right. many times has God told us to other people? Remember, don't go to, don't go to, don't go to Egypt. Don't go and to yet, and that's where he's when he goes to Egypt, he fulfills the prophecy of the Old mm-hmm. Testament. Matthew's like, hey guys, remember he said, I'm going to call my son out of Egypt? Mm-hmm. Watch. A one greater than Moses is here. Right. Just like God said. You can hear Matthew going, just like it says. Mm-hmm. Right. He's, and that's, he's that's going to Egypt just like it says. That's the part that I've, I don't know, when I was looking at this today, that's the part that I saw maybe in a little deeper method than I had seen before. He's not saying, he's not explaining everything because they already know this. Yeah. Just the Mary obey without knowing all the whys and ifs and hows and I'm looking for right. someone. So who am I looking for? I'm looking somebody for somebody from the lineage of David. People will tell you I'm looking in for things Brady or sinless. Mm-hmm. Mary and Joseph. They'll tell you that they're perfect. That they were, you know, divine themselves in some way. That you pray to them. That they're listen to what they were. They were obedient to the word of God. That's what they were. And that's enough. They were obedient to the word of God. That's what they were. Mm-hmm. And he, so he comes. Read that. And the, verse thirteen. And when they were departed, behold. The angel of the Lord appeared to so when they were departed. Oh wait, let me go back. And being warned of God, let's go to twelve. And being I said this once, but it makes sense to throw it together. Being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. That's the wise men, once they're finished. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt. And be thou there until I bring thee word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. Mm-hmm. Verse 14. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt. And was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the prophet, uh, spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I have called my son. And again... That's another reference just to Moses. Remember, there's coming one. Moses said, it's going to be greater than me. Here he is. That's, but that's what they're supposed to be looking for. And Herod thinks, Herod thinks to himself, I, I've heard the prophecies of, these, of God. I know what the priests have told me is going to happen. But if I kill these children in Bethlehem, if I kill every boy, and it doesn't just say in Bethlehem. It says in the coast they're over, in the borders of Bethlehem. If I kill all the boys, I know what time he should have been born. I'll just pick a two-year window, and that way I don't make any mistakes. And I'll stop what God has said he's going to do because I, I'm, I'm, I figured out how to stop it from coming. Right? Does, I mean, that's what he's... Does Herod remind you of anybody else you've heard I think it's, it's the voice I hear... When it, it's the same voice I hear when Pilate says, "We'll scourge him," you know that that voice. thought came. Satan saying, "Let's do whatever it takes to keep him off that cross." You know, most people died from the beatings they were given, right, by the Romans. They died because their skin was cut open. Infection was set in; they would die. Pilate says, "I find no fault in him," and we, and then the next verse says, "And when he had him beaten." Right? When he had scourged him. Who else does it sound like? That's Remember what it sounds like. It's like one more thing. One more thing. What's Pharaoh do? Right? He throws all the boy babies into the river. Yeah. Right? Let's that's, stop this plan of God of a Redeemer. Mm-hmm. Let's let's stop it. Isn't we can it murder our way to our own will. Isn't, it, isn't it interesting that the same tactics used? What did Adaliah do? 
That's what she did. She killed her grandchildren. <laughs> I'm laughing because we talked about how to say that again. It's <laughs> Okay, so what does she do? She she Sorry. decides that she's going to be queen, and she murders her own children to stop the plan of God. The plan of God is for this Messiah, this King, to come from David. So we have I'll no kill them all. We have no limit to what we'll do to preserve our own. It always comes from the pits of hell, and it's amazing how people will be like, you know what? It'll work. You know, I'll, I'll be able to, I'll be king, and I'll establish my own kingdom forever. I will stop what God has got planned, because I can kill my way to my own way. I can destroy everything in my path to my own way. And I know that it's a big leap to put this here, but people do that in their own lives today all the time. You, you know, this is what God has said, but here's the thing. In my too. case... I've got this worked out, you see, so it's not going to hurt anybody. Mm -hmm. And this sin that I've got going on, you know, it's private, it's mine, I've got it under control. Everybody else should follow what that says, but me personally, don't tell me what to do. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to wreck everything in my path so I can get my own way and then expect it to work out well. And it's not going to work out well. Right? Mm -hmm. It's not, the babies that are murdered by Satan's influence on King Herod. Went the directly evil. to the throne of God. They went directly. That slaying of those innocents, which is the right? next part, and just so they, they went knows. straight to the kingdom of God. Out of Egypt, he calls his son. But Herod, verse sixteen, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, they didn't care what he said. He they told went to home something. a different way. They didn't go where he right. told them to. Uh, was exceedingly wroth or angry or consumed by enraged. And sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and in all the coasts thereof at borders from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. Mm -hmm. And now, you know what? Jeremiah me, said he would. So the next verse says, says, Matthew goes, just like Jeremiah said. Jeremiah said. So we've had Isaiah. So in trying to stop the plan of God, God, he actually fulfilled what God said he would do. Uh -huh. He's not. He's not done anything he's not except about that, what God right. said was going to happen. But we. But Matthew in this chapter has quoted Isaiah and Micah and Jeremiah mm -hmm. and Ezekiel. He's 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 covered uh, Moses. Exodus. And if you're a first century Jewish person reading this, your spine's tingling. Those and the stories. Hairs on your arms are those stories. And you're going. You know. He is who he is. You know. He is stories. the Messiah. He yeah. is the King. You know those right? stories. Those are. That's the only thing they can teach in the temple. They can't. Of course, they've added their own rules and they've yeah. created their, their own, own books. Stuff. Not just rules, but books. but here we go with. I don't know. Isn't there something about when you hear the true, sincere word of God that makes your yeah skin tingle and makes your heart you know like like it said on the road to Emmaus? Didn't our hearts burn within us? You've read you Matthew. Some of these lessons from have read Matthew, heard Matthew, mm -hmm. heard the story. Till you're numb to it. Mm -hmm. This, this book, when Matthew wrote it, set the culture on fire. Because what he's saying is, it, look, he's exactly who he says he is. And he said he was going to do this. And Simeon knew it. And Anna knew it. And Mary and Joseph. I mean, again, it's not like they don't. Shepherds are somewhere going, hey, watch this guy. We're going to watch this one. Because, His whole life. Yeah. Because. Right. Right? And verse 17 then was, then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy the prophet, saying, In Ramah there was there a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and would not be comforted because they are not. And Rachel is Israel, or Jacob's wife. So these children of Israel that are innocent, they've done nothing, and Herod murders them to keep power to himself. Ill-gotten so is. His, not his authority, not his, his error. What does it say? When the wicked are in power, People when grown. and and this is we don't get over. I mean, I, I don't know. For me, verses sixteen through eighteen are very hard for me. I cannot imagine having. I can't imagine being the soldier who went out from this king and killed these babies. I can't yeah, imagine yeah, the king who who indiscriminately kills to rule. Yeah. And you have the king, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Who comes to be killed mm -hmm. 
in and order to, die, to, to, to give us the opportunity. The Bible says, if we suffer with him, we'll reign with him. It says he'll give us a seat with him in the book of Revelation. So not to keep the power and the authority all to himself, but to invite us into a relationship with God himself and to invite us into that authority, his authority. He comes to die. Herod only seeks to kill. Like, and that's just it, that right there. Himself. Right there it is. Everything that we read in First and Second Chronicles, that's the difference. Now, there were good kings, right? But the difference is this is the human king. This is what humanity has to offer you. This is what humanism has to offer you. And worshiping what people can create on their own to make paradise on earth. Mm -hmm. They will, every time, do you realize in history, this is an interesting thing. Every time somebody says, I'm going to create paradise on earth, the first thing they do is identify a group of people to murder. Because they got to get rid of somebody. And if I'll murder these people, we get then these we'll people off the planet, then our, then Germany will be great. Then, right? Then Russia, Russia will be, be great. great. Then all these places, they'll be one. First thing I need to do to get is get rid of these guys. And the absolute opposite is our Savior who comes and says, these are my enemies. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to die for them. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to redeem them I'm from an enemy to make them world all together. Part of me, mm -hmm. I'm going to turn them into my family. Mm -hmm. These these that are my enemies. Only God does that. Mm -hmm. Only God does that. But you study history. Every time we'll fix this, so it'll be perfect. Here's who we need to kill. Right? It's not new. And the bad thing is, and I, forgive me for saying this, but if we're not careful, we go, huh, well, yeah, okay. My love, you know what, Christians, this is ought to convict you. It ought to convict you whenever you start saying, if we could just get this group of people, fill in your blank, out of our community, this would be great. If we if we could get rid of these people who have this problem, think about how nice it would be to live. Do you know that you're you're thinking Satan's thoughts after him? You're you're seeing you're seeing those people. That's what these are, right? And, I, and that should scare you. That should wake you up to think that whenever you have the idea that, that you could fix him. everything, if you could destroy this person, if you could destroy, destroy these people, that's not the way Christ thinks. Right? Yeah, Christ says, let me lay down my life for them and make them something better. Make them something better. And wonderful. I'm sure when they read this prophecy, weeping, lamentation, great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, that's a literal description of what's going on here. Right. I mean, that wasn't, oh, that'll be something that, you know, it's probably not as bad as it. That's pretty bad. The mamas who lost their babies here, and they came to Christ found them. Mm -hmm. When Christ and saved them, always wonder, found them. Remember the place in, in Revelation, this is just me, this is not a good reference, but this is just me. The place in Revelation where it says they are under the altar. I've always I wondered if too. some of these babies might not be the ones under the altar saying, how long are you going to let this go and right. avenge my This yeah. ones that, that he protects, mm -hmm. that he takes care of. Mm -hmm. Okay, verse 19. Okay. We're almost out of time. we got about okay. six minutes. We'll just read it. But when Herod was dead, hmm. watch, we are all really sad to hear that. When <laughs> Herod was sad, dead. But can you imagine the terrifying thought when he, when he stood before God the Father? I can't imagine. I can't. But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead which sought the young child's life. And Joseph said, I don't know if I'm ready to go yet. Nope, he arose. And he arose and took the young he child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. But And again, a dream. But he deals with Joseph in the archaeology. Archelaus. Archelaus did reign in Judea in the room of his father Herod. He was afraid to go thither. Okay, it's divided into three. Archelaus is in charge of Judea. When when they go up to Nazareth, they're under a different and less threatening power. And he didn't just Herod is a family name. I just need to say that again. He so was afraid it's not to go one Herod. Not that it's true. It's a family of people. He was afraid to go thither, notwithstanding, being warned of God in a dream, he turned aside into the parts of Galilee. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth. And the first thing I always think right there is, is there any good thing coming out of Nazareth? <laughs> that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets, here another one, said, he shall be called Nazarene. Yeah. 
I don't know. I just, uh, which prophet was that? That was Isaiah and Jeremiah and Hosea. Mm -hmm. So, I, 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 <laughs> it's just amazing to me how prophets, what, about 700 years before, are detailed enough. He's going to come out of Nazarene. He's Just in that Bethlehem. decade, he's going to be this. Or he's going to be that. Of childhood. Mm -hmm. He's been hunted. He's been moved to Egypt. And he's been moved to Nazareth. He, he lived in Bethlehem. You know, nobody life. really much says anything about when he, his time in Egypt. Right. There's not a lot of stuff that we don't know really. About I mean, we don't can kind of right? space it out and know if you know when Herod died that he was still young. He was young when the wise men came. Mm -hmm. Right? He's young there in Egypt and the things that are going on. What's interesting to me is that, again, we talked about that, that what you see and what you don't see. Mm -hmm. I guarantee you on the day that the angel comes to Mary and says, you're going to be overshadowed by the Holy Ghost. You're going to conceive a child, right? And this, this, is, this is it. This is what's been promised, right? When, when, when that happens, she probably did not envision a tax law coming down that would make her in her ninth month travel hundreds of miles mm -hmm. right, to Bethlehem. to Bethlehem. She probably did not envision not having a bed to give birth in, mm -hmm. but in, in a dirty stable where animals are. To lay. She probably did not envision moving to Egypt, moving to Nazareth, moving, right? Mm -hmm. It seems like chaos, mm -hmm. and yet every single thing is, is lined up exactly as God would have it to be. And I think, and we think our lives don't relate to that, and they absolutely do. There is this current that is the plan of God, the love of God, the grace of God. It just runs through our entire lives, doing exactly what God always does, seeking and saving that which is lost, mm -hmm. redeeming, redeeming, forgiving, mm -hmm. giving grace, giving mercy, giving opportunity to know Him. But all the stuff on top looks like chaos. It looks like, now why is this happening? And and how, what what's God's plan in this? And, and, and nobody said I was going to have to, right? But it, it's all going to one place, and that is to where he is taking us. And to you know what? As you get older, you should look back at some of that once in a while and apply your knowledge because it's an amazing thing when you think about how did you do that? At the time, that wasn't a good thing, but now I can see what you did. I couldn't see it then, I, but right. I can see it now. This weeping of Rachel, Rachel is is Jacob, which is Israel's wife, his loved wife, right? Or her children. But, but the thing with the, it, the Bible talks about Jesus being the consolation of Israel. And I think we forget Israel's a person. Right? Yes. It, when Jacob gets to be an old man, and they've had famine, and they've had tragedy, and they've had, he thinks Joseph is dead, and all that, he's in dire need of consolation. Is he not? Yes. And his son Joseph, he doesn't know, but his son Joseph saves the entire family. He's brought to his son Joseph. And there's this consolation. There is, I never thought I'd see you. Mm -hmm. I thought my gray hairs were going to go down in the grave in grief, right? I never thought I would see it. The same way Rachel weeps, mm -hmm. Israel's consoled. Mm -hmm. Because th these children, if, if all there is in this life, we are of all men most miserable. If these children are slaughtered in Bethlehem, and that's all that is to life, then Rachel just continues to weep. The, the, the grief is forever and will not be comforted. But if we're going to Jesus, if we're going to God through Jesus Christ and his sacrifice, then Israel's comforted. Mm -hmm. The father sees that who I thought was dead lives. And now we're right? looking, but we're looking at it. Right. We've got the hindsight to right? look back. But they now know but those children if they came to Christ, right? They right. are not comforted. They are now comforted. And, and Israel's consoled because what they thought was lost is not lost. Is not lost. God's got it. He's got it. And we, we, as we get older, or more mature, or more that relationship that we have with God grows, we should be less likely to fall apart, 
Sometimes we, we still fall apart. Sometimes we don't. We still fall apart. Sometimes we don't. Really and sometimes apart. our falling apart is part of the plan. But because he's going to put us back together in a different don't way. Fall apart, we can't. Right? We don't, I don't think we learn nearly as much. In the I don't mean you don't feel it. No, I mean, they I mean he's that. got it. He does have it. Right? He's got it. And and he is not what's ruining everything. He's what's bringing it all together. Despite right. what we know or don't know. Right. I like what you said last week when you said, it isn't, aren't you glad that it isn't required or it isn't part of the plan that we have to understand and know everything. Yeah. If, if it's a pass-fail test to get into heaven, we're out. If it's God and he's doing something there, I should not want a God that I can figure out. Right? <laughs> I want a God who is higher than I am, smarter than I am, knows what's going on. And that's what we've got. We just we don't always acknowledge that. I also want to say, you know, we get about the wise men in Matthew. We, we get more about the shepherds in Luke mm-hmm. as far as uh, understanding that part of it. We get more about the wise men in here. If we have to close with a thought, I love that when when they, they're number one, they were looking for him. Mm-hmm. And they knew the time was right. I, I'm looking for the Lord to return. The time is time. evident, right? The, the, he's probably close. Mm-hmm. And, and, and in the same way. Right? The other thing about the wise men is that when they think he's here, they don't just sit around and wait, hoping maybe Jesus will come over to Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They get up and go to him. And they wonder, seek him out. And I've always wondered about that. What did they do with what they found out? Yeah. Because we don't hear, uh, until we get into some of the other places, we don't. We hear about the Greek God that nobody knows who is, and we hear about. I just wonder where, where, what did they do with one of the oldest churches in the world is in Babylon, which is Iraq. Mm -hmm. One of the oldest Christian churches in the world that's still a Christian church is in Iraq today, which if we don't know, we don't know. But but that also is 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 part. Most people believe that's where they would have come from. That's where they. That's what most scholars believe. That you have to take that as well. And that could have been. Pure speculation. Yeah. But that could have been some of those captives that were left there. That didn't stay. That didn't go home. They stayed. And it could be. It doesn't have to be Jewish people at all. It can be people. Nebuchadnezzar, the king in Babylon, was converted to know who God was by Daniel. He said there there was an influence made there. Uh, Esther's king, let it be known that the the true God is the God of of these guys. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Good thoughts. Especially. But the thing is, like, if you want to know who God is, and you're listening to this podcast or you're watching this, and, and you're like, you know, I've always wondered about God. I've always thought maybe I would like to become a Christian. I don't know much about it. I'm not, I don't know enough to know even where to start. Won't you seek him out? Because I think when they were seeking, God sends the star. God sends the way to get there. And, and if you study the lives of people that come to Jesus Christ, when he says over, he says, if you'll draw nigh to me, I'll draw nigh to you. And Malachi, he said, if you will just turn around and come toward me, I will turn around and come right toward you. Right? I think that if you're listening to this and you feel that, don't sit there and then just let you know, I'm not going to think about it anymore. And you close your Bible and you stop listening. Hopefully you're listening. But if you will start... He'll come running to show you the way. He'll send that start. He'll send that. Ever, there's no one ever been sorry. Just start. Yeah. Just start. start. Don't, and right. you don't have to know everything, and you don't have to know every Bible verse, and you don't have to memorize. You just have to want a relationship with Christ. That's what's going to take to get you into heaven. Right? You're going to have to want it enough to start. Mm-hmm. Not, not, well, maybe someday, but start. Oh. Right? right, because he, they called his name Jesus. Jesus, Amen. he right. will save his people. God he will save those us. who want it. Right, God with us. Thank you for joining us. Have a good Christmas. Um, tomorrow's Christmas Eve. This is Christmas Eve Eve, and we're celebrating that birth because we know what's coming. We know there's more things yet. There's still a lot of Bible to be fulfilled, mm-hmm. and we want to. We're going to be on the right side of that. If you need the church. We have a website that you can look us up, Addison Free Will Baptist Church. And, and I, Libby wants me to ask you a question. And so I'm going to ask you a question. I'm not a very good question asker. Participate. Um, please. 
Please participate. That's right. Say please and thank you. Please participate in this question. In what way have you have you come to the real things mm -hmm. in Jesus Christ? What are the real things that we started out talking about mm -hmm. that? We did. That you appreciate in Christ that you found. The things that hold up. When you come to share Christ. it with us, we'd love to share some of those. Yes, and they I always read them are, those are they always make good conversation because mm -hmm. they remind other people it takes us all. It, I really do. I think that's part of what the church's purpose is. It takes us all. We got to get there. We got to stay faithful. Keep us humble. Keep us faithful. Keep us ready to get to heaven. Thank you for joining us on that already. Keep your Bibles open. You've been listening to the Battle Ready podcast. If you have questions about what we studied today, or if you'd like to send us a message, you can email us at battlereadybiblestudy at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. That's battlereadybiblestudy at gmail.com. You can also find more information on our website, www.addisonfwbchurch.org forward slash battlereadybiblestudy. Battle Ready Podcast, believing what it says.